What's going on? This is Uncle Hokage, your otaku uncle. Hope everybody's doing really good today. I'm not even going to bother with the date. I know that some shows do. They say, and you are listening to us on July 25th, blah, blah, blah. I think the day pops up on the actual podcast app. So, this is my third episode. We're not going to do any more origin story. I'll just say whatever kind of comes to mind, if it relates, if it doesn't relate. And uh, I'm going to go on my walk. Leaving the house. Or I should say, leaving the apartment. And I'm going to go on a nice long lengthy stroll because this is what I enjoy the most I think something about being from Texas you like the open space but you don't like to hurry through it you like to kind of slowly leisurely kind of take your time and enjoy the scenery and kind of view the open and the expanse but that's not necessarily to say that everybody from Texas is like this. It's a lot of people who move out. They like that go, go, go. They want to hurry through life. They want to zoom, zoom. And I'm like that sometimes. For the most part, I'm not. So I think I can just kind of get right into it. There were a couple of topics that kind of came to mind. Um, And I can either go one of two ways. I can either go and give a full, in-depth, vibe, analysis, talk about my love of Hunter x Hunter because it's my favorite manga of all time. But I don't think that's really what the universe wants me to do. I think I should talk about where I'm at right now because I feel the immediacy of life and the immediacy of kind of like my anime vibe and my anime self and where I'm at and how I feel is kind of expressed with what I'm watching. So when I was in a, uh, in a writing, writing club, or I guess a writing group, um, and it was a writing group, it was a group of people whom were all trying to write books. So whenever we would kind of get together, we would sit, we would read each other's works, we would always talk about fiction after the critiques and after other stuff. Because we were all fans, that's why we were there. We loved reading, we loved watching movies, we loved geek culture, we always we would talk about comic books, a whole bunch of like crazy random stuff, right? Or I guess typical stuff. Um, One of the guys in the group made this fantastic point. He said that every type of story that um, that we seek out is a fantasy. Every fiction is a fantasy. Some, they're just different types of fantasy. It just so happens that one of the genres has kind of um, commandeered the word fantasy and has now that fantasy title. You think fantasy, you think dragons, you think knights, you think sword and sorcery, you think witches, you think wizards, but that's not really the case. 
Um, I mean, it is in terms of categorization for the market, but when he says fantasy, he means it's an escape because it's scratching some sort of itch. It's giving you what you need. It's um, filling something that maybe you just feel like you have a craving for. Not necessarily that it's you, you, you're desperate. Sometimes the desperation is there, but maybe you just have a craving for it. So um, when you think about the Harlequin romance novels, all of the kind of wild, like, body titillating stuff, it's because maybe you're not having the romance in your life. So you read about it. Um, if you are constantly getting kind of pushed and shoved around at work and you feel like you don't have any control and uh, you, you're always a low man on the totem pole, well, maybe you watch Mad Men and you just want to exist within the confines of Don Draper and his power. And you can kind of get that, so- that sense. So... It happens in anime as well. It, it it feeds certain needs. So I'm always craving that kind of like adventure. So I love a lot of the the anime where they just go off and they have to find things or or hunt things or do things. Um, so as I've said before, Hunter Hunter, one of my favorites. But um, another one of my favorites is. One Piece. One Piece is actually on my favorite anime list. I've read quite a bit of the manga too. And uh, my first introduction to One Piece was the, the manga. I was, I think I had seen an episode of One Piece on like four kids where they did that abysmal dub and that washing of kind of like taking everything away making it really really like soft taking all the bite and all the edge out of it but I saw like a random episode and I was like oh it's kind of wacky the characters are kind of weird looking um it was one of the episodes with Luffy fighting uh, it's one of the earlier ones so I don't think it's too bad for me to say um, I'll let you know when we get to the spoilers because we are going to spoil some One Piece today. Uh, we are going to spoil some One Piece today. So, Luffy was... F- Who the hell was he fighting? I can't even remember. But it's a guy, he had a cape covered in spikes. And he shot the spikes out as well and they got embedded in his, um, in his arms and he just kind of pulled them out. Even though he's a rubber man. And I was like, oh, I kind of was half paying attention, but I was expecting something more. And I think the reason that that just wasn't working out for me is because it didn't, seeing only the conclusion or I guess the climax took away from the depth of the conflict. The whole point of the climax and what makes it climactic is because you have the rise of the story. You have the start, you have the middle, and it builds, build. the start gets you intrigued. It's like, whoa, it wakes you up. It lets you know that something is like going on, that there is some excitement here. 
the middle starts to get you curious wait a minute it's not just flash it's not just explosions it's not just there's some actual mysteries underneath the surface um i'm intrigued what's the depth and then then as the mysteries start to unveil and there's revelations and then you're like now you're fully invested then boom that investment pays off that's the climax so when you start at the climax it can almost feel like flashy without substance because the what makes something climactic is not that it's big it's that it it pays off the previous long setup from before so of course i wasn't really gonna like you know one piece just from seeing the end i have to see the whole thing i have to see the the start um so i watched a little bit maybe 10 minutes of an episode put it out of my mind and then i was like whatever who cares fast forward i'm at home for the summer and i'm a college student i think i'm 19 i don't really have much money but i have a little you know i have a summer job which is you know typical and so i go and i buy uh volume one of one piece on a whim from like Barnes and Nobles or maybe from Borders I think Borders may have been around too back then so anyway I read that first chapter and I'm just like shocked it's surprisingly gripping so we'll just say right now if you haven't read One Piece I'm now going to spoil the whole first like three or four arcs i'm just gonna spoil the hell out of it um i'm gonna talk about some later episodes of uh one piece two i'm building up to that but i'll let you know when i'm about to spoil specific arcs if you haven't seen them or not so i'm gonna spoil the first like two or three arcs right now of one piece so just gear up and get ready so that first arc it gave me something unexpected when you look at the art style of one piece what does it look like it looks weird it looks awkward it looks um strange characters are all lengthy and bendy and they have unnecessarily long limbs and big knobby fists and they don't really seem I don't know they don't seem human they seem especially for somebody who is uh, a fan of some of the more dramatic shows you wanted you want cowboy bebop style you want um saint Seiya, hades style which i haven't watched you want oh what 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 else would i've been watching uh back then sayuki style you're like oh it has to have that beautiful elegant uh artistic style in order for me to kind of be involved and really want it and want to see it and all that stuff right then you look at the character designs from one piece and you're like they just look funny to this day i have friends who they're like i don't really like it 
that art style bumps me. It looks weird to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Cool. And I'm glad that I wasn't one of those people because it is one of the most gripping shows, especially in the beginning ever. So in the beginning, you have this setup of this whole world of pirates. And that's the thing. In a Shonen Jump uh, anime or manga, you have to pick... uh, You gotta pick a, a... What do you call it? Not a theme... Not a, not a style. You have to pick a a profession, a fighting-ish profession, or a profession that can involve some sort of fighting or competition. Um, that's to include like the cooking shows and stuff like that. But you have to kind of you have to kind of include that. So in Naruto, it's ninjas in. Bleach, it's um, Shinigami, um, who are basically samurai. In One Piece, they're pirates. And pirate is a very um, flexible term. There's nothing that really defines them other than they sail on the seas, and then each crew is self-defined. And they're all chasing after this mysterious thing called One Piece that the famed pirate Gold Roger found. It was his treasure. It's the most treasured thing in the ocean. And he says, if you can find it, my treasure, it's yours. But it's going to be impossible, damn near impossible for you to find. It's one of the most revered. It's one of the most impossible treasures to get. But seek it out. Maybe you'll find it. And so it calls adventure because he was so famous and his crew was so famous in the world of One Piece that people just grew up watching his exploits or hearing whispers about him and stuff. And when they did, they want to be like him. So what does he do? He adventures. So he inspired a whole generation of pirates. And that's kind of where the story goes. So you have these characters. Luffy in the beginning. You see him as a 10 year old boy. And he's hanging out with the uh, red haired Shanks. Captain of the red haired pirates. And they're all like these uh, 20-something year old uh, pirates, 20 to like 27 or something like that. Maybe 30s, whatever. And they're in his hometown and they're just drinking every day and laughing and everything. And he's like, hey, take me to sea with you. Take me to sea. And they're just like, oh, look at him. He's being a kid. And Luffy stabs himself in the face saying, I'll show you how tough I am. And then they freak out and they're like, what are you doing? You don't know the seas are dangerous. You can't just come to the sea at 10. This is da- it's dangerous out there. So he's like, no, you're treating me like a kid, blah, 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 blah. The beauty of it is that the mangaka, he's setting up He's setting up a theme. A be- it's a fantastic way to do it too. Because from the audience standpoint, a lot of people who are going to be reading this manga are kids. 
and they're like yeah like why are they sitting around why are they treating him like a baby they can empathize with luffy they feel like yeah if you want to be a pirate you need to be tough you need to just go fight and stuff i'm ready to go let's go adventure i'm ready ready now and they're like okay easy easy kid you're not ready you're not ready so kids are going to empathize with that they're going to be like oh let's go let's go and so then a bandit crew comes in and they are causing rucket like mountain bandits and they're like look how strong we are um i'm so strong i have a bounty on my head and then he starts messing with shanks the pirate and he starts trashing this woman's bar he pours drinks over shanks he calls a ruckus he says i can't believe y'all drink up everything he's just being a, a, a douche basically and luffy's like watching this this guy that he just respected while shanks just sits there sits there sits there sits there while this mountain bandit pours drink on him spits on him kicks his chair out from under him laughs at him treats him terribly and ruins this woman's place and shanks doesn't do anything he just sits there sits there sits there and takes it the guy leaves saying this place is stupid after he just caused all this havoc and when he leaves the crew just starts laughing and they're like oh he got you good captain and luffy's pissed luffy's like you're a coward you 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 sh i can't believe you let him like do that to you and this is the the magic of one piece in this moment is shanks says the theme of the show he says man spilling a little a little beer on me you know breaking a couple of glasses why would i fight someone over that that's you can clean up beer you can clean up a place and he even starts trying to clean up the bar for the woman he feels bad he's like oh i'm so sorry your place he's not concerned about his his um image he doesn't care that some idiot poured wine and beer and grog all over him. He doesn't care that this man insulted him. Why should he care? And but Luffy is like, you're a pirate. You have a reputation. You have to always show how tough you are and fight back. And, you know, the typical, the typical sense of, of a 10 year old boy he wants to prove himself and that's the brilliance because the disconnect between youth and experience no 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 the disconnect between immaturity and maturity is realizing that the outward appearance is not what matters that displays and bucking up and insulting somebody who's acting small just because they insult you doesn't matter to Shanks so Luffy tries to run away and Shanks is getting ready to leave and they're like where's Luffy where'd he go he finds out that Luffy is gonna take a boat and go be a pirate on his own because Shanks is a is, is stupid and he doesn't understand what it takes to be a pirate and Luffy's going to show him so Luffy gets in the boat 
No, 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 no. I'm misunderstanding. He tries to fight the mountain bandit. And the mountain bandit... Um, he tries to fight the mountain bandit. He says the mountain... He, 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 even though Luffy says that Shanks is a coward, Luffy goes at the mountain bandit and he starts coming at him saying, saying, how dare you insult Shanks? Take it back. The mountain bandit takes him out in the streets and he says, we're going to show this kid a lesson. Um... So he's like, ha, I'm going to take Luffy hostage. And then Shanks just walks up to him. Just kind of, he's standing in the middle of the street. Mountain bandit, tall, strong looking dude. He's holding Luffy by the scruff, basically saying he's going he's gonna to take him out. Shanks just walks up to him, strolls up to him. And then when he does, the mountain bandit's crew starts laughing. And Shanks is like, put him down. Mountain Bandit crew starts laughing. One of his crew pulls out a gun, holds it to Shanks' head. Shanks just, he didn't even, I don't even remember if he looked at him. He just said, are you sure you want to point that gun at me? You're risking your life. They laugh some more. And they don't even realize that one of Shanks' crew... (laughs) already has a gun on him and he pulls the trigger bang and you see the guy like fall over shot boom one of the mountain bandits says well that's not fair <laughs> the pirates are like fair you think, you think there's fairness in the fight he's like look you can insult me and my crew all you want. You can pour wine on me. You can be. You can spit at me. You can call me names. But if you ever harm anybody that I care about in any way for any reason, even if it's their fault, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you with everything that I have. And then that's when you realize how strong the pirates are. It's not strength for strength's sake. It's the strength uh, with reason behind it. So when Shanks finally and crew finally start to take out the mountain bandits, boom, climax. All because they had that fight at the bar. All because Luffy called them weak. All because the lesson that Shanks was telling Luffy without telling him. The lesson is that being and pretending to be strong or showing that you're strong, even that you are, over nothing is meaningless. That's protecting the ego. That's you trying to like hide and fight and protect your image. But the true strength is with a purpose, wielded to protect, to help. And the kicker is the mountain bandit knows he's gonna he's gonna get killed or sent away because the pirates are like, oh you got a bounty on your head, don't you? I'm gonna get that money. He throws like a puff of smoke on the ground, kidnaps Luffy, and they're like, oh, where'd he go? And he goes out into the ocean in a rowboat. Now, here's the kicker, and here's the the second part of what makes the show so great. Luffy is tied up. No, he's not tied up. He's just kidnapped. 
They're in the ocean. They're in a rowboat. The mountain bandit kicks him overboard. Luffy can't swim. Not that he doesn't know how. He physically can't swim. Um, in this world of One Piece, there's the, the gum-gum fruit. Gomu-gomu fruit. There's all these devil fruits. Luffy ate it, thought it was dessert, and now he can stretch his skin. But the penalty for uh, you eating a devil fruit is that you become an anchor. You can't swim. Your body freezes up in salt water. In, in a world of pirating, that's quite the handicap. But there are devil fruit users all over the world. And each devil fruit has a different power. So he just happened to have the one that makes you stretch. And the bandit, after he kidnaps him, kicks him overboard. Luffy is splashing. He's drowning. And as he's about to die, a monster appears. A giant, crazy eel. It's the size of a building. And he opens his jaws. And then right before he snatches down to eat him, Shanks appears. Grabs Luffy right away from the monster. Right when he tries to bite him and eat him. And saves him. And Shanks doesn't even fight the monster. He just looks at him. And says beat it. And the thing sees the the, the ferocity in his eyes. And just takes off. And that's, that's what's so crazy about it. Even, even in victory. Shanks... Even in victory, Shanks didn't fight. He just doesn't. He, he saves Luffy, protected him, and then the camera pans around. Well, I guess I was reading the manga because it pans to the other side. And he's like, hey, Luffy, are you all right? And Luffy's crying. He's like, hey, what are you crying for? You're good now, right? You're safe. And then Luffy's like, but Shanks... What about your arm? And it shows that the monster bit Shanks' arm clean off. And Luffy sits there crying. And Shanks is comforting him. Even though he lost an arm. All because Luffy wouldn't listen. So, as that climax got resolved, the... The next bit is the setup for the entirety of the show, where it shows Shanks getting ready to leave to go on an adventure, saying, hey, Luffy, you know, are you not going to... And Luffy's just waving at the pier with the woman from the bar, saying, bye, Shanks, bye. I'm going to miss you. You're my... You're, you know, I had a great time. And Shanks is like, aren't you going to ask me to come on the pirate adventure now? And noticeably, Shanks' arm where his arm would have been is completely covered. And Luffy says, no, I'm not going to ask to go be a pirate. I'm, I'm understanding now that I'm not ready. That there's something, there's much more depth involved as opposed to me just saying that I want to adventure. That I actually have to be ready for this particular type of um, adventure because it's not not only does he have to be ready but he he's not there's responsibility that comes with being a pirate in this world 
not only are you responsible for your own safety, but you're responsible for the safety of the people you care about. You're responsible for uh, making sure you can handle yourself because the seas are a dangerous place. And that's not something that you can really know. You have to see it and feel it. And he does. And he pays a terrible price in order to do that. So, that ends. And the last couple of pages of the chapter is ten years, seven years later. Luffy's now 17 years old. And it's finally, it's finally time for him to kind of go on his own adventure. So, he doesn't have a ship He's much older. All he has with him is the hat, that straw hat that Shanks gave him um, on his head. And he said, hey, Luffy, when you're old enough, return this hat to me and keep it safe because it's my treasure. And Luffy cries and cries until Shanks is gone. And now that Luffy is 17, he's sailing away with that hat on his head in a rowboat (laughs) the same way the mountain bandit did. And as he's leaving, that same monster pops up. And what does Luffy do? He stretches his arm back because he ate that gum gum fruit and fires it. He's with like a pistol punching the monster in the face and he sails off on his adventure. All of that happens in one chapter. There aren't many manga that have a chapter that strong some of my favorite manga don't have a chapter that strong i don't think the first chapter in the manga of hunter hunter is that good i don't think the first chapter in the manga of um uh just blanked i don't think the first chapter in the manga of death note is that good and death note is also on my top five manga list um i think the first chapter of gaunts might be that good but it's not all encompassing like this is in one piece the first part of one piece tells the 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 microcosm of the macro of the entirety of the the scope of the whole show and it is it is brilliant it is brilliant fiction it is brilliant storytelling It is beautiful, it's touching, it's sad, it's thrilling, it's everything. And ever since that moment, as the arcs go on and on and on, Oda is able to re-encapsulate that feeling again and again and again by when he introduces new characters, especially if they're going to become a part of Luffy's crew, you get that backstory moment. You get that moment of them when they're kind of 10, maybe 9 or 10 years old. And every single time, it's not surface level. It goes in depth to what really made them tick, what made them who they were, what really made them um, the, per- the people that they are. Why is this person so... Why, why does Zoro um, train so hard? Well, it's because the girl that used to defeat him at swordsmanship every day died 
at the age of 10 and she was the strongest person he knew so he has to become the greatest swordsman in the world for her why does Sanji so passionate about food it's because the man who rescued him saved him um, left Sanji kept Sanji alive while they were stranded on an island starving and um, the man pretended like he had food uh, and didn't eat anything but his own leg just so Sanji could have all the bread and live why <laughs> why does um, Usopp desperately desperately want to have an adventure it's because he needs to bring that um, positivity that energy to his young friend who used to be dying because the butler was poisoning her and he was always keep her entertained all through the many years and he would just do it by lying making up stories telling fabrications just so he could make her smile and make her happy and that subtext that context that uh, it it really puts meaning behind all the punches and all the fighting and all the swordsmanship when Zoro defeats somebody it has weight because of the because of the gravity of where that brilliance came from when Usopp is finally able to defeat um, one of the fish commanders in Arlong Park it means something because it's like he did it he didn't need any help he's not strong he was just clever and he made it work when when Chopper defeats somebody and actually heals somebody, it's there's the weight of him finally being accepted for who he was and the doctor that gave him everything continues to keep going and people don't see her as a quack anymore because he's the product of her. So that context, that touching moment that that's why one piece is great and no other shonen manga does the backstory better than one piece and i will say that again and again to the day that i die it's done so well he knows what how people feel the same way that um um, the mangaka for Hunter Hunter knows how thinkers think. Echiro Oda understands feelings. He understands emotion. He gets what motivates people. And the things that we think motivate people, money, power, they kind of do. But it's really more human things. It's, it's feelings of betrayal. It's pride. It's suffering. It's desperation. It's lust. And he weaves it in. And people will mask their true intention behind outward bravado or outward shyness. And we get to see these little moments of where 
that surface texture came from and we see it again and again in the one piece story and that's why one piece is brilliant so the whole point of me bringing this up and now it's because i'm i'm watching uh backstory in one of the later arcs so now spoilers 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 for um the what arc is this the uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on it. The arc with Don Flamingo Don Quixote and his the Don Flamingo family. Um, the arc of Dress Dress Rosa. And you have I'm gonna spoil all all whatever random from Dress Rosa, not the whole thing, but just be warned if you don't want to know anything about the Dress Rosa arc, tune out in five, four three two one right now i'm watching the backstory of trafalgar law he is one of the fan favorite characters that just appeared when they when they did the 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 arc of the terrible rookie class the most dangerous rookie class or whatever that dres rosa arc or I'm sorry, the um, the Mary Mary Jo Mary Jora Island, where they met after the time skip. There was a cup. There was a whole bunch of rookie captains, and they did the cool thing that a lot of shows do, where they show them, give them their introduction, and they give a little panel underneath it, giving their name, their powers, where they came from, why they matter, and it's just dope as hell. And Law was one of the captains of the Heart Pirates. And I think it's the Heart Pirates. Um, So now we find out throughout the story that his name is Trafalgar D. Law. Like Monkey D. Luffy. Like Portugas D. Ace. Like um, Monkey D. Garp. Like, oh man, there's a few more. Monkey D. Dragon, the revolutionary, but that's a story for another day. We find out that Law also has the famed name of D. And we still don't know where the D came from, but we know it's important because our main character has it. And where everyone has like been like, what does D stand for? Does it stand for dragon? Does it stand for devil? Does it stand for domination? Does it stand for diamond? Again and again and again. And lately, I've been watching his backstory. Now, I'm a little bit further ahead in the manga, but I stopped. I jumped on because I wanted to read through the parts of the underwater city the city i've been waiting for for so long for them to get to the underwater merman island and that one didn't hit me as strongly as some of the other arcs uh sky pa was probably my favorite that was the biggest grandest adventure i had the most fun there um but arlon park probably hit me the most emotionally Um, One of the coolest things about One Piece is that it always has this moment where they have the emotional peak 
where everybody just kind of breaks and then they have the moment where all the characters that you know are badasses stop being carefree and they just have that walk while overtaking plays dun 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 and they're just heading over to beat the hell out of the person that harmed their friend their new friend Nami they all geared up and they said we're going to take this our long person out Frankie House they geared up and they when they beat the hell out of Usopp when he was just trying to make up for his failings yeah they went after all the Frankie House people and so forth and so on it's thrilling the music makes it good that's what's so brilliant about it so I got a little beside myself with that, but the whole point of what I'm saying is that's kind of what I'm watching. I'm watching uh, Law's backstory and to kind of bring it back to the original uh, point, I'm curious as to why. Because I was watching other shows. I was supposed to be watching Neon Genesis Evangelion doing my watch through. I was supposed to be Uh, watching maybe uh, Shield Hero but for some reason I was drawn to this I was drawn to the backstory that touching moment the feelings of seeing him as a kid and kind of wondering how he got to where he is now from the frustration of a difficult youth maybe there's something that I'm seeking maybe there's some vibe or some energy that I'm, I'm curious about but seeing him and seeing his hardships it connects me to him even more and seeing the things that are happening now i'm at the part where he found out that corazon don quixote's brother is actually not a bad person we found out that corazon is actually and i told you spoilers we find out that he's actually part of the navy and he knows his brother is crazy and he knows his brother has no remorse that he's a monster and he's trying to do something about it and now he's trying to protect law because even though law was on his own that one caring adult who looked out for him who showed him that it's okay that everything was going to be fine he 100 110% 110% cares about him no matter what and he's trying to pull the hatred out of him he's trying to um, he's trying to expunge him from that because he understands the downfall of that type of thinking he understands that if you're just going to be full of hatred the only thing that exists for you is ashes there's no love or joy or life with that thinking All you have is grief. All you have is grief and sadness and more anger. And nothing goes anywhere from that. That's where I'm at. He just found out for real that Corazon actually cares about him. He just found out for real that he wants the best for him. He just found all this stuff out for real. And I'm loving every moment. So... I'm definitely think I'm going to stop right there because I could go on and on, but 
just that energy and just that vibe and just that feeling that I had while watching it from watching it and talking about it I just want to go back now and watch every single episode from start to finish I want to do a full rewatch and I haven't done it because there's so many episodes but oh the alabasta arc oh so good I want to live in the universe I want to be a pirate myself I want everything from that series those emotions I want it fed into my soul that same way so whether you love it like it dislike it loathe it maybe give it a rewatch maybe maybe take a moment and just enjoy the randomness of one piece the kind of the way that your uncle otaku does and maybe you'll find something within that series that you haven't seen before because right now where i'm at with the story i love it thousand percent so thanks for thanks for listening thanks for checking out kind of the randomness of uh the whole series and everything that i've kind of put together um i appreciate you taking the time and uh, if you made it through the entirety you know many thanks so what else is uh what else is potentially love appreciate you excuse me all So, after kind of saying all of that, and in regards to everything, what else, what else is really left to be said? What else is really left to be said other than what's already been stated a bunch of times? That's, excuse me, it's, uh, it's kind of busy where I'm at right now. But... Um, I appreciate you guys taking a stroll with me. Appreciate you guys letting me wander both externally and internally. And uh, I'm just gonna keep doing more and more of these because at my depth, not my soul, I am an otaku. And this stuff means more to me the more and more I think about it, the more that I intellectualize every day. If it means something to you, hey, let's hang out. So shoot me a line over on Instagram at Uncle Hokage. Find some shorter clips on YouTube at Uncle Hokage. Say hello to me on Reddit at Uncle Hokage or on one of the other channels on Twitter, Uncle Hokage. Um, Like, share, subscribe, love, peace, and hair grease.